In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I wonder, you may be among those who, when you come to church, you, you hope for some homework to take home with you, some, some concrete bit of advice, you know, something that you, you might just say anything except that homiletic essay that seemed to have been given this morning, that maybe momentarily inspired but then faded as the afternoon went on. We know coming in out of church these last few weeks and in the next few weeks to come, it's almost impossible to avoid this concrete advice that James is giving us. It's like it's, it's recommendation after recommendation. Keep anger in check. Do not make distinctions among yourselves. Clothe and feed your neighbor. The next three weeks, there's going to be more of it. Homework that he hopes will lead us ever more deeply into the heart of God and the practice of discipleship. Mind you, this reading is not pleasant reading. No, he's holding up a mirror before us and asking, do you see what I see? The passage this morning, it focuses on the chaos that one's mouth, that one's tongue can create. He means to show us just how far what you can say can lead you away from what you mean, or for, for that matter, lead you away from what you aspire to be as a Christian. Just to lift out a couple of those verses, James very pointedly says, no one can tame the tongue. A restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and with it we curse those made in his likeness. It ought not be so. Like the bit in the mouth of a horse that allows a rider to control the whole animal, so will your tongue control the whole of your being. Maybe it's the lie you regret. Maybe you wish, maybe you wish you'd said a little less and listened a little more. Maybe you'd like to take something back that you said. If you think back over the last week, would it take very long? How long would it take to find the chaos that your tongue created for you? Did you bully someone? Did, did you harass them? Did, did you start a rumor? Did you say something mean-spirited? An off-color joke? Humor with sexual or racial innuendo? Take a moment and find your chaos, find your hypocrisy. From the back pew, figuratively, from the back pew, Ethel nudges Myrtle. Psst. The preacher has his shorts in a knot this morning. Do you think he's talking about us? Myrtle, he's talking at us. Ethel, I think the preacher thinks that James is writing about us. Myrtle, maybe he's right. You can get kind of witchy. 
Ethel, me? What about you? You're the one that swears like a sailor whatever the trash can gets too full in the kitchen. Myrtle, well, he's got another thing coming if, if he thinks he can do anything about my mouth. Ethel, you're right about that. I've long since given up on you. Myrtle, I don't think I like his tone this morning. Ethel, suit yourself. Myrtle, if he's not careful, he's going to put off some of those who help pay the bills around here. Ethel, like you? Myrtle, like me. Do you see? It's another, it's another challenge that your baptismal vows lay out before you. If you're to proclaim the good news of God in Christ by word and deed, then let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Tell the truth when a white lie would do. Refrain from gossip when you might have delighted in another's downfall. Confess a sin. Name the sin when keeping it quiet might have been more convenient. These practices are gospel practices, and they change you. They will change the world around you. The declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, it must always be accompanied by, by these actions of discipleship, attention to the needs of the poor, attention to dismantling the systemic and societal fences that offer false security to everyone else. It, it must also be accompanied by the avoidance of evil and the restraint of the tongue. These do not come naturally, but rather by the grace of God. If we do not carry on our lives as lives to be lived under judgment and so learn of humility, grace, and truth-telling, then our faith will be found wanting at the end of the age. Your desire for right living, actually maybe, maybe, Maybe you didn't know you had a desire for right living. But you know, that longing for justice, that's a longing for righteousness. The longing for justice is a longing for right living. So your desire for right living it, and your work toward it, it doesn't affect your salvation. God has managed that in Christ. It won't bring about the kingdom. That's the work of God. But every act of mercy offered, every sinful fence dismantled, every word spoken with grace, every tongue controlled will serve as a sign of hope. They will enflesh our common proclamation of the good news. We remember his death. We proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. So I say, peace and go and do likewise. Amen.